the great Canadian talk show. There's only a couple of watts, but I brought the truth to everyone within three blocks of the west side of campus. No way. Yes way. And now, let's get right down to business with Marty Gold. Uh, good year. You weren't expecting that one, were you, Kenny? Is that a Viking saying or something like that? Skull. No, that's that's how in Yiddish you go. Uh, uh, you wish somebody a happy year for Rosh Hashanah. That's the a year end. It's the year end already. No, it's the beginning. Of, well, it's the end of well, last the fall, year, the beginning right? of the, the next fall. year. All right, all right, all right. It's in celebration of the uh, uh, Jewish New Year, the traditional Jewish festival, as we record, heir of Rosh Hashanah, uh, the night before, but it's actually like you starts at sundown of rosh hashanah and so here we are and instead so of it's being, like the night before christmas then is for you mm, got all your presents no well no you don't jewish jewish new year there are no presents exchanged whatsoever wait what no it's not that kind of a thing i, I think i said this back in the kick fm days right you guys have this like a lot of people have holidays with lots of festiveness and lots of happiness but you guys have your holidays are just so, so serious and somber yeah, they they were, and the 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 observances, the holidays that were were added, uh, Hanukkah and Purim, which are definitively festive, as they both celebrate the survival of the Jewish people in the diaspora. Uh, or, well, the diaspora, and in terms of of uh, Hanukkah, where uh, where the Holy Land had been conquered and, and then retaken. Um, I, those are you know post. Uh, 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 Subsequent to the five books of Moses, and and those were, were, those were added, uh, Deuteronomy as it used to be called, and I know there are people out there that are like shocked. I remember these words. Sukkot was tabernacles. Uh, in any event, <clears throat> where 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 were we with this? Uh, it isn't a celebration. We added the celebrations of Hanukkah, Hanukkah and Purim, and of course, you know, Yom Haatzmaut, Israeli Independence Day. Uh, but no, our religion was based on very on reflection, on 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 introspection, on seeking God's mercy, on doing good deeds. Six hundred thirteen mitzvot, doing good deeds. Uh, it, it's a uh, ah, uh, oh, you sound like Aaron Rodgers during a Pac McAfee interview. No, there's a lot of reflection and doing. You know what? I, I didn't Wait, watch what? the interview, so I take I take your word for it. Did it get high viewership? Because maybe <laughs> maybe I should keep talking like like an nfl quarterback um anyways no it's they they aren't festive they're, they're, they're there's some celebration with sukkot which will come in 14 days time because you decorate the inside of the sukkah and it's actually fun to eat outside uh and you're doing something that your forefathers have done going back thousands of years as a kid sukkot is actually pretty cool but there's it's long and there's a lot of torah study and uh, there's ta- there's observance two days of observance at the front end and then two days at the back end uh, done with studying and five Torah like, already. It's it's pretty it it really the whole period of time you know really grinds you down into this you know being a Jew isn't exactly all fun and games you know even when you're not under attack it's it's a very <laughs> it, it's it it can be a when you're raised in a, in a Jewish environment it can be very fulfilling but it definitely very heavy you know you you carry all sorts of hey their writers much better than myself that have made zillions of dollars writing about jewish guilt i just live it you know so that's why i only have one book and that's communion and uh i believe in aliens actually i've never even read that book but it's just oh. 
I think okay. it's been like 20 years or 30 so, years since. So, so, uh, Chag uh, Sameach, a sweet and happy new year to all of you, Jewish or otherwise, listening to our podcast, episode 17, and our ongoing coverage of the 2022 Winnipeg Civic Election. Uh, this episode, I'm going to tell you, not as not really as constructed uh, as others, uh, based on a lot of notes. We're just going to sort of going to talk through the notes, kind of sort of, uh, Kenny and I. Uh, but we, do, we there are some uh, interesting and unique notes. Uh, that we will be bringing forward. You need notes, literally things that uh, that came up in the course of the last uh, of the last week or so. I'll say this: only in Winnipeg could an election like this happen. Well, you're telling me if this election was happening anywhere else, they'd be like, "What? What are we? The candidates? What are we even talking about?" <laughs> Some. There's an indication that some things are starting to resonate. Tom Broadbeck uh, wrote about Jenny Motkaluk's housing, affordable housing proposal to take the garbage that's happening on our streets and turn it into something rentable and livable and maintainable and sustainable and Notwithstanding the old Al Goldenism, the devil's in the details, as Tom, you know, pointed out, he said it was doable, and this I think was very significant because that's a serious homelessness is consistently one of the top three issues for the average voter. So I've seen. I'm not, and if it's not in the top three, top five, because it's everywhere, and it, and and it's it's a, a contributing to to situations of not just public disorder, but as you'll hear later in this podcast, like just horrific violence is so going on, and whether it's Whole, it's it's and it spreads. It's not just on the street. It spreads around and into different situations. We'll talk about a lot of that later. But but that uh, you know, Broadbeck took the time to look at that proposal and take it seriously. Uh, there's other proposals the candidates have, have 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 brought up that have gotten some analysis, but not a lot seems to be sticking. With people, you know, people aren't talking about Glenn Murray wanting to cancel the helicopter anymore either. You know, like it's that didn't stick. You know, well, but he threw out like a million things. You know, like what is it? first his library is open twenty four seven, and he just threw out like a million things on Twitter. Like yeah. he, he ran the social media. Like he just said everything all the time. Well, but it's just like, look, he's got people in from Toronto helping out. And I don't know how I feel about people coming in from never mind outside Winnipeg, but outside our province to try to get somebody elected. Not a subject I was necessarily going to bring up. But now that you mention it, listen, you know what? Here, let's let's go right into this stuff. I got a couple let's of get, other of let's emails. Let's get right down people. to business, Marty. Let's get right down to business. OK, so this past week, uh, I had a few experiences happen with regards to the election. were very interesting. I uh, wanted to get some photographs. Because nowadays with social media, I mean, if I was writing articles, I need the photographs, but I've only done the one article on Wham. I, I, I just, it just hasn't swung that way for me right. to do articles. Mm-hmm. So I haven't needed a lot of pictures, but you need different pictures for the cover photos when you when you have your articles put up on different platforms. You want it to look the same, okay? So it'd be a, you know, a different picture of, of the score of a game or this or that for whatever algorithmic reasons that are beyond the, the likes of me. So I need cover like extra pictures. In other words, I need cover fo- coverage for my cover photos. So I went by the Kevin Klein office uh, one afternoon and uh, I got to meet Hannon Bell, who I have heard of 
I mean, I, I almost want to say since childhood, but certainly since my tw- 20s and actually from my childhood, because Gene Teltner used to write about him every once in a while because he had, among other things involving uh, um, uh, music and culture, Han and Bell has a legendary collection of Liz Taylor memorabilia. So I got to meet uh, Han and Bell and took some pictures of the, you know, so actually had a nice lineup of signs on the wall. I went over to the Gillingham office, had a uh, was offered a cookie baked by a volunteer. How do I say no? Was uh, it a and, magic cookie or just like a... No, it was a regular cookie, but it was actually very tasty. Disappointing. <laughs> everybody's a comedian. And uh, and I had a, a nice talk about the campaign and, and what they're hearing and what they're seeing and, and how it's going for them uh, over there. Uh, and I also, and that same day, I head over to a local shoppers drug mart and as i'm coming up the sidewalk towards it a woman has just come out of the exit and she's stopped and she's like i I think what she was doing is putting on her bicycle helmet but she was she was carrying a bag and so she was sorting herself out and and uh, not in the way in the way but i just sort of you know they hit the brakes for a second and i look and she's wearing a t-shirt of a of an individual who is on the ballot in the election and not just an individual but somebody running for mayor and not just somebody running for mayor Sean Loney. Oh, so, so I I say, well, you know, I I just want to look at your shirt for a second because it's it's a it's a it's a red and white design, but the the lettering isn't all all white, but the it just has a couple of notes to it, I guess is what it would be called. It made it distinctive. And as I'm sta- I'm looking at the shirt and I go uh, and she asks me what I'm interested in, I tell her, and she says, well, do you know Sean? I go, no, I've never met him. She goes, well, he's right here, and I. She points behind her, and there he is with the with another woman. So there's Sean Lodi right in front of me outside a shopper's drug mart. And again, so, that's another Winnipeg thing for election. Oh, can you believe Meeting at the it? shoppers. Yeah, and so uh, I uh, we exchanged pleasantries. I introduced myself. I ha- I might have seen this guy like once because he's been with Project Build for I guess probably 15 years or more. And right. so I'm I, I'm sure I was around some event, civic event or other or town hall or something where he was. But we hadn't talked. We had a, a real pleasant, short conversation. Uh, and uh, he did. Uh, I told him that uh, I would uh, look for things to highlight on his, uh, you know, from his platform since he was nice enough to uh, go along with things so far. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Makes sense. Uh, yeah. Uh, and uh, and uh, he specifically mentioned. Uh, and this surprised me because he could have talked about anything. And I mean, I would have stood there and listened to him, right? Yeah. Uh, infrastructure. And not just infrastructure, but the infrastructure proposals of some of his opponents that he said would result in a, this would specifically be about the widening of Keniston and I and Chief Pegwas. He put those two, the extension of Chief Pegwas. He put those, lumped those two. And I, I, I immediately, I said, oh, you mean Gilling? I said, well, Klein too, he says. That's going to be, that's like a 14 point tax, like a hundred million dollars. I said, uh, Oh, I'll, where can I look that up? He said, it's a city of Winnipeg's own figure. I'm telling you people, I have a double check, but he, I don't think he's fibbing. I have no reason to think he's fibbing. And it's some, it's some number that's high with 14%, 12% does it really matter. It's over 10%. Uh, so I think it's over 10%. No, you can't lie when you're in a shopper's drug mart. It's... Well, you're outside a shopper's drug mart. Uh, so anyways, uh, he, he, of all things, I don't know that you'd expect him to be complaining about spending but of course he wants to turn the city of winnipeg into the employer of record for all sorts of people that really do not have the ability 
do not have the stability to hold down regular jobs. And that's taking a big gamble with the public purse. So, you know, all these all these politicians have ideas and they have good aspects and bad. But I, I was thankful to Sean Loney for uh, taking a few minutes to talk with me. I asked, I asked if he had an office for I go take pictures. He said, well, I've got a virtual office. Ooh. Yeah. Like on the Metasphere or whatever it's called, the 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 Metasphere, the virtual maybe? the virtual reality for uh, Facebook <laughs> that thing. Maybe I try to avoid it at all. Metaverse, times. Metaverse, Metasphere. Oh yeah, that metaverse. too. I got, I got the So so I guess that brings us informally since we're talking about it. Is are you ready for this, Kenny? Oh, you brought it up. <laughs> you ready? You ready? You ready for this, yeah, Kenny? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. Yeah. I have to say that poll was Loney Tunes. I'm sorry. I've been on BBC4 for the last week or so. You got to break Sean down this Loney, poll for me. Sean Loney was determined to be in third place by the evaluation of a probe research online poll. Well, it's probe. We know that they're easy to get bought <laughs> off, right? The, they had Glenn Murray winning, like, what, two months ago? And well, that's, I don't know that that's bought. What do you mean bought <laughs> off? Exactly. Because I, I don't know that any of the candidates have paid for this for probes no a matter of fact this was a this was a cbc it was an unorthodox combination ctv it was a ctv and free press poll oh that had glenn murray at 40 percent and uh gillingham at 50 and i'm going by memory here loney at 14 which is uh a, a result that that dictates what kind of a slant the pool that was polled had and I don't mean that in a pejorative sense towards uh, towards Loney whatsoever. Klein at 10, uh, Ouellette at 7, uh, Maude Click at 4. And now you look at what this – and then, of course, they start putting the spin on this. Oh, let supporters fall on my half. And this one's this, this one's that. And, you know, the media doesn't mention, if you really want to take this seriously, Glenn Murray's support dropped by 10%. Loney shot up, which could be a statistical anomaly. But the biggest statistical anomaly, Kenny, is that this poll, so-called poll, 600 online respondents, automatically it's leaving out people that never mind aren't online. How many of you, when you get a phone call or have the time, inclination, ability, uh, uh, go to our website and, you know, blah, 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 and you're pressing numbers, uh, you know, to, to go through and get information. And then you go to the website. It excludes people that don't want to engage in that kind of rigmarole. So you got dead people that are very dedicated to following politics and following it online. Yeah. So who's got an online following? Because this pool that, that uh, Probe is relying on, we already know, we've discussed before, is inordinately left of center, inordinately and inordinately um, – hyper set in its ways like their feet are in cement yeah so you've got even with that dynamic you've got a pool of people where 39 percent are undecided another eight percent said they weren't going to vote now why you're including i don't understand you're trying to determine give the if you're trying to give the public some idea of of where candidates stand with the general public what does it matter if people aren't going to vote maybe i misunderstood that part of the poll but I, nobody and nobody seems to have said anything that makes me think that what I'm seeing is is wrong. You've got eight percent, so now you got eight percent, thirty nine percent. You got forty seven percent of the people in this, in this pool of six hundred that aren't sure who they're going to vote for, or aren't going to vote at all. So now you're down to three hundred eighteen people. Now to three hundred eighteen people, Gun Marie has forty percent. So that's forty times three is one hundred and twenty, and then uh, eighteen, forty percent of eighteen. So it's let's say seven. 
off the top of my head. Does that sound right? So you got 127 Glenmurray supporters. But Glenmurray's own support is, uh, uh, I think it said that it was only 40% uh, locked in and 60% wavering. So now 40% of 127 is uh, 40, about 52 people. So out of this pool of 600 people, with my Faye Hotchman, Tom, Joseph Alinsky Collegiate High School math, it seems to me that maybe 53 people are going to vote for Glenn Murray. Glenn Murray's a front runner. Well, who has the biggest presence online? Who has the most sophisticated, coordinated, uh, integrated online oh presence of all these ca- of all these candidates? Kenny, you Glenn tell Murray. me. Yeah, who? Glenn Murray. I've seen him. I've seen people praising uh, Glenn Murray on uh, Reddit Winnipeg. They're just like, oh, this is the person we need. I don't the person know, you need for what? To go back to the 1990s? Yeah. No, it looks like he cares, though. He looks like he has the carrying eyes, Marty. Is that what they call it nowadays? <laughs> huh? Anyways, uh, so this this poll, I, 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 a polling company can put out anything it wants. Whether it has standards and practices, it has to adhere to a professional association. If they don't, they should. If they do, I don't understand how you can put out something and purport it to the media, purport it to the public, purport it to the electorate, to having any legitimacy when you're with a margin of error of three or four percent when you have thirty eight percent undecided. It's like whatever it was, thirty eight, thirty nine percent. It's it's bizarre, like bizarre in the extreme. I would like uh, to know what. But, but when you talk about paid off, you know, you're, the suggestion, Kenny, is to it me was, it was a flippant that, remark, but but yeah. but it's not that flippant in a way because. They're supplying the media with clickbait and headlines. They aren't supplying the media with meaningful data in this instance, in my opinion. It would be nice to know what they did, in, like, like what they did with the, uh, the the Trump election in the states, right? Did they say that Trump was going to win, or did they say someone else or Bernie Sanders was going to win? So, I mean, clearly, clearly, their reputation as a polling source is in question. Like before. When we in the Kick FM days, I think Probe was like top notch, you know. But nowadays, I don't know about that. Just from uh, what they're the, saying. The, and... the, the, so if they can produce, I guess, what they want, and and the question is whether the media is supposed to hold polling companies to account. Number one, and number two, who's holding the media to account when they take? I'll, I'll give you an example. None of the media has explained. And again, I could be wrong, but it looks like out of this poll that 50, they find 50 people are going to support Glenn Murray and they declare he's got widespread support, blah, blah, blah. As a matter of fact, this poll then subdivided things uh, internally um, uh, to um, uh, like, for instance, provincial voting intention measured against this, who you're going to vote for for mayor. So 53 percent of conservatives are going to vote for so and so or whatever. And it, that, that was an actual number. I think Gillingham had like 32 percent or something. And, you know, 53 percent probably of liberals or NDP. Or, I think it was liberals are going to vote for Murray and 35 percent or something of NDPers. So so they have these little subsects. Right. Uh, you know, try to measure things. Well, when you go on the base of that, they've they determined that uh, Jenny Modicluck's support is from the NDPers. What? Hmm. What? The NDPers are not very concerned about reforming the permit office or or lean management practices or uh, un, you know uh, 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 finally doing something with Centerport after a dozen years. Like it's like they NDPers? don't know what they're talking about, Marty. You said it. I didn't. In any event, as I said. <laughs> That poll was Loney Tunes, good for Sean Loney. <laughs> and that'll, as a matter of fact, Kenny, guess what? That's going to be the title of this episode. 
<laughs> that was that Looney, Tunes. Looney Tunes. <laughs> Looney Tunes. Uh, okay, a couple of other little minor notes here. I, 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 related to the campaign, there are a couple of things I want to point out. Uh, Cindy Gilroy uh, running against Sal Infante, trying to hold her seat in Daniel McIntyre, actually had to react to Don Woodstock. Uh, to his videos that we've talked about on this program early in the campaign going up and down the back lanes of coincidentally her ward because I don't remember that he I don't remember he tossed a lot of heat at, at Gilroy for what was going on in her ward he tossed a lot of heat at, at Gillingham as finance chair approving garbage contracts etc I don't know if you saw this Kenny a CTV news story right. city Gilroy is calling for the city to mandate a minimum number of garbage bins on the properties of multifamily residences after a garbage pile up in her ward Okay, so that's the first stupid thing. uh, I have a feeling the city already has a minimum number of garbage bins mandated. And if they don't, somebody has to be fired. (laughs) Now, since she's been there for eight years and just woke up that this is the case, unless it was somehow like pulled from the bylaw or something and nobody noticed it in some omnibus bill, then maybe Cindy Gilroy's got to somebody's got to ask Cindy Gilroy, with all due respect, you've been here for eight years and you didn't know this. Now, the issue, I don't think, is not having a minimum, although it could be that she's saying that in some cases the minimum has to be examined. She didn't know how to enunciate it. She introduced the motion at Thursday's council meeting. She said a building in her ward didn't have a garbage bin at all, leading to a pile of trash and excessive litter. Stop right there. How did that building have an occupancy permit? Yeah. Who's getting? Cindy Gilroy walks right past. Where the hell does that on that one? When she tried to figure out what was going on, she discovered the building's garbage collection was not under the city's jurisdiction. Yeah, but the occupancy permit is. So then who has the, the garbage permit then? It's private. She said the building had hired private contractors that were negligent. Okay, again, stop. Buildings have been hiring private contractors for years. And to her, this seems to be news. Because she never talked to the damn landlord in her life. Yeah. And that there was nothing in the city bylaws to protect residents from falling through the cracks. The residents didn't fill, fall through the cracks. Your permit department did. Yeah. And the health inspectors. Thank you. Now I'm going to protect the residents. That took long enough. They don't need protection. They just need a garbage bin. They need a city hall that works. City Gilroy wants the city to decide who gets municipal, tra- municipal trash collection, who doesn't. So now she actually wants to try to find a way to expand it, I guess, and charge them for it. I don't know. In order to get an occupancy permit, we have to know if they have a garbage bin in mind. Are that's you the, telling that's me? That's the key charge them for. Are it. you telling me that you that that is not a condition already, and you've been a city council for eight years, and garbage has been piling up in your ward for years, and you did not realize? And you wait till there's an election. Well, Marty, the snow comes. It covers this fall now and winter. The snow comes. It covers all the garbage. You can't see it. It looks beautiful. And she says, I think that will deal with a lot of the inner city garbage that we're seeing. The motion was one of three made by Gilroy. The meeting, the first calls for a bylaw change to allow demolition permits for residential buildings to be approved without the current currently required public hearing. Uh, You know. This doesn't say derelict residential buildings. So I wonder what's what she meant or what she's up to. Number two, she also wants to allow more fines for neighborhood livability bylaw offenses and add to be added to property tax bills. So yes. Cindy Gilroy, first of all, sits, apparently spent eight years not realizing that people are getting occupancy permits for for you know apartment buildings or whatever, 
tri triplexes and weren't required to have garbage bins. Number one. Number two, our health inspectors can't figure out how to enforce that these uh, landlords, owners, whatever their problem is, or, or the contractors. It's not always the, the the I can understand how in this situation, the last couple of years, labor shortages. Uh, this, listen, the city's garbage pickup was crap a few times, too. I can see how that spread to the private sector. But uh, there, there was no way the city could could help. And then on top of it, instead of wanting to help, instead of saying, hey, I'm going to come up with ways of, of making sure the garbage is picked up and the lanes are kept clean and the litter is picked up and we'll work with community groups and we'll do this and we'll get the, I don't know, the, 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 the clubs involved, something. All she wants to do is Fine people, including landlords that are in a bind because they get dicked around by the permit department or or uh, they can't find uh, uh, contractors because, again, labor shortage and stuff. And instead of working with them, City Gilroy doesn't want to work with, with landlords and separate the ones that are having difficulty from the ones that are completely negligent. She just wants to f create more fines, more bureaucracy, need more inspectors out of the property tax bills. You know what fines are code for, Marty? And people call and people call Cindy Gilroy a progressive counselor. Fines are code for collect money while you do nothing. No, you use the fine money to help employ uh, people to go enforce the bylaws. You can use that fines. fine money for whatever you want, but you're not doing nothing. Nope. You're, you're literally just like, scooping up more money. Absolutely not. Funny thing, well, one funny thing from the campaign online, you mentioned Glenn Murray's online presence. He put out a tweet uh, saying it saddens me to see our city workers poised to strike for the first time in a century. The city needs a vision that brings all stakeholders to the table. Let's hope all parties come to an equitable agreement. So without that's funny, but not ha, ha, Brian Bowman that he endorsed is facing a labor strike on his way out the door. And instead of criticizing Brian Bowman, the man he endorsed, Glenn Murray says, oh, you know, we need a great leader. A vision to bring all stakeholders to the table. Well, <laughs> that's the shot. That's the shot. The chaser, uh, in response to Glenn Murray, uh, images from the Winnipeg Free Press newspaper from April of the year 2000. QP calls for mediator. Mayor plays waiting game. Who is the mayor? Glenn Murray. Wait, he was the mayor before? I never, Every, I never heard yeah. that. City services. From garbage collection to grave digging, we could grind to a halt next Friday if the union representing 5,000 workers falls through <laughs> on a strike threat. Grave digging? The they actually said grave digging? <laughs> I do not have the authority to act alone, Murray said during a brief statement, but he walked away. He walked away. Oh, we need Glenn Murray back. He He's walked great. away as reporters <laughs> continue to ask Who's questions. Who's going to these graves, Glenn Murray? <laughs> Saber rattling between the city and the union. It is the first the first major test for Glenn Murray was a strike call by QP. Well, strike. Well, they're calling for a media. They're prepared to go on strike. Who's always been viewed as, viewed as sympathetic to the employees during his tenure as city councilor, but the mayor now finds himself balancing labor har harmony with keeping election promises. Hmm. And that wasn't the only one. I mean, wait a second. I think I got another story here uh, from like a couple of days later, like five days later. So, <laughs> is Glamoury digging a grave? <laughs> uh Listen, a not, experience. Not I know that's what you're thinking. No, no, no. Saw turning. <laughs> hey, saw okay. is very important. It's, it's, you got to get saw, the, the ceremony experience and ceremonial saw turning does not lend itself to digging deep. That's uh, what what a lot of politicians are good are good at being, you know, just scraping the surface. It's a full so page ad in the Free Press on April fifth, two thousand. 
The city delivered an open letter from Mayor Glenn Murray on the state of the city contract negotiations. In it, Murray said the city is an outstanding employer. Well, if the city was an outstanding employer in 2000, he's saying that under Brian Bowman, we're a shitty employer. Who endorsed Brian Bowman? <laughs> well, Murray wasn't here, right? He was in... Uh... Murray said the city's financial problems can be attributed to a loss of 3,000 residents since 1995 and decrease in property and business tax revenues, revenues of 8 and 7% respectively. Uh, I don't think that's true. I don't think Winnipeg shrunk by 3,000 people. No, no, no. From 95, he's saying to the year 2000, it shrank. Did it really? Yes, yes. Oh, yeah. I was, yeah, we had a, thank you. To, yeah, the Susan Thompson era was a downturn. Okay. What does that have to do with now? That's like. Well, no, I'm I'm saying historically, this is how he explained it: is the population went down, the city couldn't afford the contract, blah blah blah. Well, now the city's expanded by leaps and bounds, and the city still can't afford it increasing increase. Well, uh, I th I think the say the suggestion was that people that are at the top end of the wage scale uh, maybe should have to bite the bullet. Uh, uh, that was a Montclair suggestion, uh, and uh, and there there is support for that. Uh, because QP members, if I remember correctly, got a raise. It was already negotiated. It was given to them during the during the, the COVID restrictions, et cetera, budget cutbacks and stuff. And the city followed through with its commitment. The the suggestion from uh, from uh, Jenny Mokalik would be that uh, that uh, they should that they will, if she becomes mayor, forego uh, uh, any uh, raises uh, in the immediate future. I don't know what Glenn Murray would say about that, but uh, Glenn Murray right now is saying the city isn't exactly obviously not an outstanding employer uh but if only if only if only there's somebody with the vision to bring them together like the guy who didn't have the vision in 2000 his eyesight's improved with old age maybe we got that lasik surgery with that i got zap 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 because he's better now <laughs> 2010 vision glenn murray <laughs> no 2010 he was in toronto already this I'm just saying, like, <laughs> anyways, I'm saying not 2020. I'm saying 2010 vision. His uh, oh, vision is oh, so sharp. extra, extra perfect. Okay, yeah, a couple of other notes I want to. A couple of other notes I want to make. Rick Schoen tweeting today. I've had a little fun as we record this. I mean, I've had a little fun doing some informal polling along the campaign trail. 20% don't know who our current mayor is. 50% don't know who their councilor is. 90% don't know the election date. 60% couldn't tell me a name of any mayoral candidate. That makes a whole 20 percent don't know, know who our current mayor is. Ninety percent don't know the election date. People not knowing the election date. Brian Bowman's fault. Fifty percent don't know who their counselor is. That is a failure of the counselors to engage and a failure of the schools to teach civics. Sixty percent couldn't tell me the name of any mayoral candidate. Well. Again, it's an informal poll and just from people he's asking around town and stuff. But this shows the difference between people who will who leap forward to take these online polls compared to the average voter out there who still they didn't see the headlines about Glenn Murray canceling helicopters and and, you know, promising arts festivals and stuff. And the library is open 24 seven staffed by robots, yeah, all that stuff, all that stuff. So crime. So, uh, OK, OK, I. Uh, Oh, 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 almost forgot. I got, we got, I got an email from a city councillor this week. Uh, and I want to, I want to briefly read it. I sent a, a note to Councillor Marcus Chambers thanking him for advertising, uh, in the Jewish 
uh, national online Jewish newspaper, the J.ca, of which I am the editor in chief. And I sent him a note. <laughs> and I expressed. And I, I said that to guys at CHOB. Just saying. Pardon me? Editor in chief. Yes. Thank you. Well, I'm not the publisher, but CJOB keeps trying to not the publisher. <laughs> but CJOB keeps trying to give me a promotion. Frankly, I can't, I couldn't handle that enough already. Um, so I sent Councillor Chambers a note, and and it, he he, although I haven't necessarily made all of this public in, in in terms of reporting on it, but there are some there are various times where he's been very much more willing than other councillors <laughs> to to answer questions and to take on certain subjects. For instance, the the business of the city having its facilities open when gyms were closed, but city employees could go to their gyms. Chambers outright said this is wrong, and he addressed it with me. Um, uh, the assault of a, of uh, people who uh, were largely Jewish and pro-Israel uh, across in the legislature, standing where the police told them, and then the police line was charged by a mob uh, where chants to uh, stab and rape the Jews of Tuxedo were made. That was controversial. Brian Bowman never said a word about it. The Jewish Federation of Winnipeg kisses his ass on the way out the door. Bowman didn't have balls enough to denounce the anti-Semitism, the attack on Jews celebrating the, the state of Israel, their Independence Day. Marcus Chambers did provide me with a statement. It may not have been what I thought was the most appropriate approach. It was somewhat political in nature. And when I say political, I mean, could have been a little more committed to certain things, certain principles. But he responded. He expressed concern. He's trying to understand the underlying issues. And I give him a lot of credit. And that's not the, those are just two examples. Uh, there's a couple of things that have come up where I've sent him you know, this, you know, asked him a question. He's provided me with, with information or an opinion or something. Uh, I give him credit for that. So I sent him a note thanking him for, for supporting independent Jewish journalism. He sent me a response. And I said, I, you know, I look forward to, you know, more conversations with you in the next year. He says, well, Marty, you actually have me for four more years. Well, here's oh. the problem. <laughs> Marcus, I don't know that you're going to have me for four more years. I don't know how much longer I'm going to be doing this stuff. <laughs> but he's optimistic, and, and perhaps I should share his optimism. <laughs> I remain committed, he wrote, to being open and transparent and accessible in my interactions at City Hall. Looking forward to more dialogue going forward. All my best during the holy days. Thank you, Councillor Marcus Chambers. That's nice. One other email feedback from a listener, and it's somebody whose name has come up on this program, not a politician by any stretch, member of the public who's uh, generally expressed an opinion about things that have gone on in our city. Uh, and uh, and uh, we we um, use their comments, uh, you know, as a springboard to uh, broader conversation, actually specific conversation and broader conversation about the topics that are raised, their experiences in the city. I have listened to all the podcasts. I am one of the, those undecided and try to absorb all the information I can. It's going to be a tough one for sure to decide. Crime is still affecting every part of the city. It's going to take multiple approaches to get it solved. However, nearly 800 vacant houses and buildings across the city are being used as points of crime. A plan that takes several months 
won't stop more houses from burning down as one did on College Street last night. Sorry, this person said they listen to all of your all podcasts, podcasts. All, yeah. or all podcasts in the world. No, no, no. Those, no, they mean our podcast, Kenny. Oh, that's a sick person. They should be locked up. <laughs> but not before they vote. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> every vote, every vote counts. Okay, uh, so I, that fee, if you want to send us feedback, by all means. But it, it's nice that people are listening, and and we said it right out of the gate. Crime was the issue. What, what do they say? Crime is still affecting every part of the city. Uh, so we're going to take a, a fast break then, Kenny. And uh, when we come back, we'll talk about some of the crime that's come up and and related to the broader aspect, like how bad is crime, how deeply affected is Winnipeg. We're going to take a bit of an overview with just from the last like week of the crazy, unprecedented, hyper-violent crimes that are taking place in our city that whoever is elected mayor is going to have to be able to come up with ways to get back under control. Back. Robocop. 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 Yeah, I wish. Back with more right after this. There'll be more of the Great Canadian Talk Show podcast in just a moment. I want to thank all of you for listening to this podcast, for listening to all our podcasts. Your feedback, your questions, your news tips. This helps improve our citizen journalism. We're going to keep talking to the candidates directly, and you'll be able to hear their answers to what their background is and what they see for the future of our city. We rely and depend on your support. You can go to the PayPal link at the bottom of the episode description, or if you want to make a donation, if you want to sponsor the podcast, the City Circus TV show, the our columns on Wham.Live, then you can email me directly. And whether it's $10 or $100, whether it's more or less, it all goes towards making sure we can bring you the best possible coverage that you won't get from corporate media so you can make the best choice possible at the ballot box in this election. You can email me, martygoldlive at gmail.com. Back with more of the Great Canadian Talk Show. Kenny, one other thing that I thought about during the break with more regards to, just to, just to uh, uh, back sell to uh, Councillor Cindy Gilroy. Okay, so what have we heard? Uh, you know, I mean, I already knew some of this, but it's gotten worse in the last four years under Bowman, where what's going on with this permit office is that, you know, what the way they describe it is, oh, you know, we 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 have targets to like even look at something and it's like 19 days, 20 days. And you should be looking at stuff within a, like a week. Like, come on, you guys. So and they create then they create these obstacles by going back and forth that we work with that when they say they work with somebody, it means they harass them. I mean, I know one landlord where there was something that had been grandfathered. They tried to ding him for uh, for a, some sort of whatever had been done in a sub-basement like two owners ago, like in the 1950s or something. He goes yeah. and appeals. He wins the appeal. The day after he wins the appeal, they go back and they ticket him for it again. They said it didn't matter that he appealed and won. Okay? That literally like doesn't make up, any sense. It doesn't have to. They just come up with shit to justify their existence, and they harass building owners like nobody's business. It's Listen carefully, folks. It's a racket. Of some form, it's a racket going on in there. Uh, these people do not, in any sense, uh, there are, when there's clear safety issues, it's one thing. But trying to, uh, uh, trying to arbitrarily revoke things that have not caught, you know, like grandfatherings and, and practices that have not, are not any kind of genuine concern or risk, uh, is, is, it's clearly just a power trip in this permit office. Now, when you 
uh, apply for an occupancy permit. Let's say, Kenny, you were going to rent some uh, vacant you know, storefront on you know North Main Street, like 1300 for a, a block of Main around Angster. You have to give them a drawing. You have to give them a drawing of the premises. Now, you can hand draw it. Oh. You don't need the drawing drawing, the official drawings. Nowadays, apparently, they'll let you hand draw it. And you, have awesome. to, and you have to you have to draw in like the parking spots and now like I'm posting there now wait now list Kenny whiteboard do these drawings for this these buildings that Cindy Gilroy is saying somehow are operating collecting rents have oxygen permits didn't these drawings show garbage can goes here garbage bin goes there. <laughs> So that popped into my head during the break. Like, wait a second. Yeah, no. So, oh, we got to know that they have it in mind. Does she not have it? And she's been there for how long? And she's gotten, does she not have any idea how any of this works? Is it because, is it, be, is it because you don't have to declare your pronouns on, on these permit applications? Like, I mean, what? I don't, I don't think that's anything to do with the dumpster. She's a, but she's it's, not paying attention. <laughs> that doesn't mean it. Like, but she's, the two but are she's completely not, unrelated. She represents a core area, inner city, beleaguered ward with it, these derelict houses are not just a blight in 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 the uh, in in the what they call William White or Dufferin. It's central too, bro. Yeah, no, I I dig what you're right? saying. Anyway, yeah, that popped like, into my head. It, it, it's it's bizarre that that doesn't have a solution. That no one's brought that up before, you know. A dumpster for an apartment block. Stop, Kenny. Did her office? These are listen. A lot of the people that live in these buildings, they can't afford to live anywhere else. They can't afford to move. They don't own much in a lot of cases. Oh, yeah. uh, they have not everyone, but a lot of these people will have challenges. We understand that. She's the friggin' city councilor. Did did she not get any complaints about this? How many complaints did she get? How long did it take her for the time she had accumulated, say? 50 complaints to come up with an idea of 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 even thinking about how to regulate this and did she check the actually check the existing regulations like is there no documentation about this premises that not having a dumpster like so there's someone that has to go there and be like yeah there's a place to throw garbage there's no way that they have a multi uh well the, uh, the problem building. is that the garbage wasn't being picked up and i think she suggested they needed more i mean it's a mixed message here actually the places need to have a garbage bin so she's saying there's a place with no garbage well one place didn't have a garbage bin then she wants to have a minimum number even though there obviously is a minimum number and the inference is that have there the right amount of numbers well and there's inferences that there's places that need more garbage bins but the problem is the bins they have aren't being collected so her messaging here is completely unclear. There's so she's saying factors. there is a bin, but it wasn't collected? Yes. There's bins where they aren't being collected. Places need more bins. Maybe the city should be doing the pickup. I want to start finding the landlords. She hasn't picked up a, she hasn't picked up a bag of trash in one of these back, back lanes yet. Do you think she'll start digging graves with Glenn Murray? <laughs> There's a strike. <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> No, it's a, it's a question. It's just a question. I'm not saying. Yeah, I, I hate to say it, but if it was in America, the question would be whether they're digging up more voters. Well, if it was America, they'd be shooting. America, they'd be on the voting rolls. They're just going to make sure they fire. Can, they can this get person wearing the raw color of hat. Okay, okay. Uh, I want to talk generally about crime, the crime that's been in the news, and then and then draw uh, uh, like draw the line back to the civic election. Uh, press release, not press release, news release from the uh, – Police community bike theft project where they use bait bikes 
because of an influx of bike thefts since June in the West Garden City, West Kildonan shopping areas. This is like Leela McPhillips. One neighborhood gym indicated since June 2022. How many stolen bikes, Kenny? Um, outside the outside the gym. Since 2022. In no, no, since June. Since June. Say 50. Uh, 100. A hundred bikes have been stolen in plain view since June. Dozens of reports were submitted and investigated, while dozens were not reported but had been captured on surveillance. The uh, operation strategically placed a decoy bike in various locations near businesses that reported multiple bike thefts. Two adult males arrested for attempting to steal the bike. Another two males were arrested for casing bikes nearby with bolt cutters. One of those males was a suspect in the gym location thefts. I'm not sure somebody's, I guess it's a, uh, there must be a specific law about having like break-in tools and bolt cutters probably is encompassed in that, I guess. Um, bicycle registration, the police say, is encouraged. If your bicycle stolen, bicycle is located, you'll be notified immediately and it's going to be blah, blah, blah to get it back. So bike theft all over the city and they're in Garden City, whereas a kid, we I, you know, I certainly didn't hesitate to cycle over to garden city and you know play play with go to the swim and goldberg's uh no zeltzer's pool on tan oak and oh here we go eat the goldberg out of eat both goldberg households out of out of house <laughs> and home and devour every every batch of knishes in sight ride and swim and ride <laughs> so I, is this like a workout no, gym or is this like a, a community gym that that they're doing sorry I know it could have been a I think it's probably a commercial gym. Maybe it's a community oh. gym. I don't I don't know. I think it's probably a commercial gym. To be okay. honest with you. Either way, it's I mean you can't even say it sucks. It's unacceptable. This oh, shows well, how crime all, is out of control. All all crime in the city right now is unacceptable. Like now listen it's, to it's this. It's at that limit now. Li- listen it's just to sad. this. Yeah, well, it's let's go through it. So now there's your bike thefts. 72-year-old woman taken to <laughs> hospital after an afternoon carjacking Wednesday in what they call Norwood East. I Norwood East. Yeah, you see, that kind of got me, caught me too. But you see, Norwood uh, West, okay, I see what Norwood you're West is St. Mary's Road, like where the 7-Eleven is. Uh, uh, was it Nelson McIntyre uh, on the, on the uh, right-hand side there, and uh, uh, the red tops on your left and that neighborhood yeah. over to your right, like, you know, Coniston and, and down Lindale drive, that's Norwood West or, you yeah. know, off Lindale drive and Norwood East is St. Mary's road. So this was at near Tashe and Horace, which clearly is, it was uh, clearly it was late at night, right? Which is three forty-five PM. Oh, well, 72 years old, went to the hospital, carjacked. He, she was getting into her parked vehicle. A man confronted her, punched, began punching her while taking the keys out of her hand before dragging her out of the vehicle and stealing it. 3.45 p.m. So that's is this... That's three blocks. That's three blocks. It's, it's near... Uh, is it Coronation Lanes? The, yes. Across the court near Coronation Park. It's right by Coronation Park. Near... Uh, so is this below or above stabbings? Carjackings with punching? I need to know. I need the 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 police chief's my uh, stats. Is carjacking with punching more more critical than, than wait, wait, stabbings wait, wanna, or wait, less wait, critical? Wait, 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 wait. Does age matter or is it the same? Wait, 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 wait. You want to talk about you want to talk about carjackings 
Let's talk about carjackings. I mean, I don't, but since we're let's talk about carjackings. <laughs> Members of the Major Crimes Unit charged a male and a female for three serious incidents involving robberies and a kidnapping. On September 14th, stabbing at an apartment building in the 200 block of Edison, man in his 50, went off with an unstable condition, upgraded to stable. He'd gone to the building thinking he was attending a party with a previously known female. Well, this is jargon, police jargon for he thought he was going to whoop it up, whatever whoop may or may not have been thinking of, with a broad he knew. Whatever happened to the drinking parties that everyone was talking about before? They're going over to drinking parties. What what they now use is the euphemism, they were socializing. That's when you hear the word socializing, (laughs) that means they were drinking. However, upon entering the suite, he was struck with a blunt object by an unknown male and robbed of his belongings (laughs) before he was stabbed. The two, who the police helpfully identified as the known female and the unknown male. (laughs) So he was stabbed while he was unconscious or like... And again, is this no? A, he 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 worse was than a carjacking a seventy-two-year-old. I'm assuming woman? I don't know if he was screaming and the neighbors called the uh, cops or if he used his cell phone or what. Now the next day, we need some GTA ratings. This is what on. we need. This Hold is. on, this was at nine. This is nine thirty in the evening. One about two in the morning, <laughs> they ran out of gas while driving the stolen vehicle on the perimeter near McPhillips. Well, gas a is male in his thirties, a male in his thirties who wasn't aware the SUV had been stolen, picked up up the pair and drove them to a nearby gas station to get fuel there there is no such thing as a nearby gas station perimeter mcphillips i guess it was straight at mcphillips he took them back to the vehicle where they couldn't get it running they turned their attention to the good samaritan like co-op there i think and attempted to rob him at knife point <laughs> the victim was stabbed but he managed to flee in his vehicle and saw treatment at hostel meaning he drove straight to the seven oaks i guess now on september 21st this is after five days on the lam a third male victim in his 30s met up with the female previously known to him. So she seems to know a few boys around town here. And the male, unknown to him, they ended up together in a hotel suite in 200 block of Main Street. <clears throat> that narrows it down to a specific, well, narrows it down to two hotels. When the victim went to bed, he was threatened with a knife and forced outside to his car. Against huh. his will, the victim was driven. Now, it doesn't say was made to drive, so he was kidnapped, was driven to Brandon. (laughs) He escaped when they stopped at a gas station, contacted police. Clearly, they had a full tank of gas to drive to Brandon. RCMP located the two suspects in Mooseman, and uh, they've been hauled back. Arnold Isaac Daniels, robbery times three, kidnapping, forcible confinement, aggravated assault, possession of a weapon. Also processed on an outstanding arrest warrant for being unlawfully at large. <laughs> oh my does word. this sound like does this sound like Saskatchewan? It sounds like it should be like a three-star rating in GTA. Marianne Diana Candice Sawicki, a 27-year-old female from Winnipeg, has been charged with uh, robbery times three, kidnapping, forcible confinement, aggravated assault. Both were detained. Now that's interesting. This started. On September 14th night at like 9.30 at night. Hmm. What did she post on the morning of September 14th on Facebook? Oh, my boyfriend said it was a nice pic, so I had to post it. So she posts a picture of herself. Uh, I don't want to say half-dressed. She's showing some skin, but whatever. Okay. So 9 in the morning, she's posting pictures of her boyfriend says she's good looking. And by 9.30 at night, they're engaging in activity that leads to charges of triple, triple stabbings and Okay. All right. Well, at least they're documenting it on Facebook. 
It would be nice if they were using the metaverse, you know. Listen, I mean, someone's got to start listen, using it. That, that wasn't all. That wasn't all that was documented on Facebook. In the mid, she has a second Facebook account. In the all the other things them, that are banned on Facebook. And, <laughs> sorry. Right sorry, around the time, right around the time they were apparently apprehended. I love you, best friend, lover, world, everything. You, you got you, you got me. And then <laughs> on September 21st, she posts that she can't access this account from her first account. Can somebody please send me numbers? I don't know what she was referring to. To get their other account, what did she post on the other account? Either and this is either this is either just before police apprehended them or or after they were apprehended. I actually it's because on the account she didn't have access to before she got the like the day she's being apprehended. Watch people run their mouths when I'm gone. No one that one thing no one can call me is an effing bitch. So you see, this is a person of high intellect. Oh yeah. Sterling <laughs> values. Unfortunately. I mean, Unfortunately, she? appears she's a, and she's using she, Facebook. Facebook's for forty-year-olds. Come on. So there's your okay. So there's kidnapping, stabbings. You're asked about stabbings. You ready, Kenny? Twenty-year-old yeah, woman re- recovering from being stabbed Thursday night in downtown Winnipeg, three a hotel in the three hundred block of Ellis Avenue, eleven p.m. Oh, uh, two word. suspects, a female, apprehended near Belmoral and Portage Avenue. I want to make the point again that none of the candidates in this election, whether for mayor or council, have mentioned, and this has got to be dealt with. Dealt with. We've mentioned it before. Uh, aside from the concern about juvenile crime, a lot of this crime, a disturbing amount, is being committed. Violent crime, random assaults, brutal assaults, vicious assaults being committed by women. Why is nobody talking about this? I mean, this is what just are, girl power, right? What are they right? going to do about it? Two knives received. The two women were arrested without incident. It's just girl power. This is the uh, these these two are 29 and 26. The two the victim and the two suspects are together at a hotel when an argument escalated into an assault. Now whether it was over one thing or another or another it, thing it doesn't we don't, matter. It, we don't know. And there was another. Then there was the other stabbing. I didn't didn't paste this into the notes. Wasn't there one that they believed, that they believed was gang related earlier in the week? Oh, they actually said gangs. I'm sure I saw that. I'm sure wow. I saw that on one of them. That yeah. may have been the stabbing outside the hotel in the 1100 block of of Logan. Uh, I think that might have been it, actually. Was that not a homicide? Didn't we? I think we scored another homicide this week. I mean, I I I I I made didn't slap together the notes as efficiently as I should have. I think we had another one. I think that might. Yes, yes. I think that person, that poor fellow, was identified. I believe oh, it, really? I believe he was a Corshane. <laughs> yeah. Hmm. So here you got stabbings everywhere. Now, obviously, there's a problem around the, the hotels, and and I would not be bl- so fast to blame the hotels uh, in terms of uh, whether or not they are able to manage these situations when they erupt, because there's only so much a bouncer or a security guy can do. Especially now, their their hands are tied. They really can't go hands on anymore. Listen, the old days, you'd see so you see shit going down, you try to save a life. You it would be hands on. Yeah. You, you know, I. I saw lots. I mean, I not just working in hotels, but, you know, as a cab driver, just being being around a lot of my friends were bouncers. You see a lot of stuff. And I mean, who with the right mind wants to be a bouncer nowadays? People are they're, they're a zillion guns, 8000 shanks. And and you can't preemptively um, neutralize the situation without having uh, somebody with a suit or judicial robes breathing down your neck. Right. <laughs> 
Yeah, you have to oh, worry one, about getting okay, stabbed Kenny, by a person. You have to worry about getting screwed in the courts. Kenny, one more here in the crime round. Five men from Edmonton are facing multiple fraud, drug, and weapons charges following an incident at Polo Park. Oh, Thurs- Polo Park. Thurs- Thursday evening, your, your neck of the woods, Thursday yeah. evening, a loss prevention officer uh, took two men into custody after they allegedly selected merchandise, removed security tags, and attempted to return items fraudulently. Wow. Uh, the cops arrested them, found stolen identity documents, an altered driver's license, 2.2 grams of meth with an estimated street value of 100 bucks. It's pretty so sophisticated, actually, if they're able to remove those security tags without them going off. That's uh, pretty interesting, actually. That's an interesting observation. The next day at 3.10 a.m. So, in other words, this was, say, this was Thursday evening. So, Friday early in the morning, six hours later, five hours later, officers observed a suspicious SUV. The vehicle was associated with one of the earlier arrested men. Further investigation led to the arrest of the three occupants. <clears throat> Search of the SUV resulted in the seizure of BB guns, two crossbows for arrows, a knife, fra- <laughs> fraudulent <Crossbows>. documents, <laughs> and around $900 of methamphetamine. The group is believed to have been involved in an incident earlier in the day when they attended a retail store in the Tuxedo Industrials area, stole the bow site, and returned items fraudulently. Five men, from all from Edmonton, were arrested, charged, and detained. Can't wait to hear the names of those fine so fellows they were trying to steal shirts take the tags off and try to return them <laughs> to get money. i don't know how they do that unless you can just print out instantaneously like print out receipts i yeah like i don't quite get how that works well they were fueled by methamphetamine so maybe so they weren't thinking properly. so look at all this look at all the none of these have involved seemingly i mean i shouldn't say this we don't know the background of some of these stabbing victims and stabbers so some of them may have been chronically homeless perpetually homeless or occasionally homeless right down on their luck or or choosing to live around the underclass of society in questionable circumstances we don't know about that we see a lot a lot of these crimes have some sophistication they're all marked by ample weaponry and i'm honestly shocked i mean these must have been pretty vigorous takedowns I think we're lucky the cops didn't have worse trouble with these kinds of characters from Edmonton, certainly. Oh, yeah, 100%. Right? It's, it saying. sounds like they were knew what they were doing. No, this probably wasn't the first time they were doing this. Maybe. I don't know. It's all speculation on my part. Actually, I shouldn't be saying anything. Well, you look at this roundup, and what do we have? We've got all kinds of drugs, all kinds of weapons. All over the city. We know that we've talked about crime in the different areas. Uh, some want to review policing. Some, uh, 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 Jenny Mocklick says it's outright that she she's under, uh, undertaken a process through a, a complaint process to get the police board to act on Danny Smythe, who, no secret, we, I said three years ago, this guy was did not have what it took, was not interested in fighting crime. He wants to be a social worker. Brian Bowman let him be a social worker. We see the net results. Councillor Chambers, as chair of the police board, he uh, rejects the idea that uh, the police chief should be fired. I, when uh, uh, Rick Schoen brought that up, uh, he says that he and the police board have confidence in Danny Smythe. They're the only seven people, and I guess Danny Smythe's wife is eight, that have confidence in Danny Smythe. <laughs> Period. It's, it, it's, it's abhorrent. Because, look, when 
you've got how, how many members are there in the police association? I'm going to guess 1,700. Might be 1,500. I'm going to guess 1,700 because that's what it used to be. It might even be a little more now. They have no faith in this guy. They have no confidence in this guy. The general public doesn't have confidence in him. There isn't a merchant in Winnipeg that has confidence in Danny Smythe because he hasn't come up with policing solutions and adequate assistance in many cases. And they haven't been able to clean the streets of the kinds of individuals who are not willing to function within a civil society. And yes, the courts are responsible. And it would be nice if somebody who was running for mayor would say something about the about the province and the feds and how there the province of Manitoba milks Winnipeg like a cash cow and they their their lack of 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 planning. What have you heard that the Justice Department uh, has done at, at all? Any legislation that's done anything to improve the situation involving crime? I'm not talking about oh well now you, you know a bylaw passes and now catalytic converters aren't being stolen as often. <laughs> Nothing, really nothing. Really nothing. But so like, how come nobody is how come nobody's pointing the finger at Broadway? But that's the problem, is that and of course our, it's the problem because how many how many are, how many MLAs, how many MLAs the conservatives have in Winnipeg? I think it's four. Right. But the problem is our police department in Winnipeg is so secretive they don't even tell you what's going on. Like Well Danny they, hey, go to the top there, Danny Smythe. Right. That's his choice. That's his decision. There's no confidence in him because of his behavior, because of his statements, because of his lack of action, because of his, of his screwing up the use of, of crime data. Maybe he's still drying his hair and he can't come out and do stuff like arrest criminals. <sighs> oh, sorry. I thought my well, mic was muted. Clearly, he would have dried his hair by now and yeah, well, got yeah, back to work. I, I heard it. I heard it. So, so. <laughs> Uh, all these kinds of crimes all over the city, increasingly violent. And, and, you know, what's happening is you've got a criminal class where they have no remorse. Criminals, you know, the scummy criminals were the ones who would pick on like old ladies and school kids and, you know, know, like break into the church. Criminals, there were certain people, well, if they have felt that they wanted to lead a life of crime were drawn into it, it was part of the family, uh, family history, you know, whatever their story was, they at least had some morality. I saw it, you know, you see it yourself when you're in the, you know, the kinds of jobs that, that I've had. You deal with all yeah. sorts of, you're in the vendor. You see that even even people that are, you know, criminally minded, they will hold the door open for somebody carrying a case of beer or somebody who's infirm. They will hold the door open for people with wheelchairs. You know, like not everybody's rotten all the time, but some people are rotten a lot of the time. <laughs> not everyone's rotten all the time. <laughs> Harvey Smith said something to me that I took to heart and I've never forgotten. Not everybody is all good or all bad. Harvey Smith uh, made a point of telling me that. Now, when it comes to certain things, that is not entirely true. When you got people like in Saskatchewan with 59 priors, sorry, whatever's good there doesn't override the need for society to be protected from the likes of of that guy, Miles Sanderson. Okay. Yeah. And 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 this this. Failure to protect the citizens of Winnipeg um, on a re- on a pace for a record number of homicides. Somebody's going to have to come up with some solutions, and part of it is in uh, uh, warding off homelessness because some of the crime is certainly uh, and and you know public disorder, uh, it, 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 uh, people shacking up in in shacks and burned out shacks. That is 
that is linked. Tom Broadbeck said that Jenny Mocklick had ideas that that are workable and that could turn. There's 800 properties. There's no way it's going to you're going to seize 800. There's no way you're going to convert 800. Uh, uh, but uh, whatever the starting point is of the first hundred, you know what? That makes the first hundred houses you change makes 2000 neighbors safer, 3000 neighbors safer. How many businesses become safer like the corner stores, the 7-Elevens? Because instead of some some, you know, burned out scum hole. There's housing with people that take pride in, in living there and will, you know, lock their doors and. Right. How do I mean, we at least just... it's a, at least it's a starting point. And beyond that, beyond that. Sorry, One other thing that we didn't mention, I forgot to paste it into the document. Kenny, did you hear about the pervert on the bus? <laughs> I mean, there's always perverts on bus. Did they actually catch one? There was one? a hardcore pervert on the bus. I think it was Tuesday that the police put out a notice and listed a, a number of buses, the routes and the times that this guy had been on the bus, like the 11, the 47. He kept getting on and off buses, uh, trying to kiss women, groping them. I, I don't quote me. I think he might have exposed himself. Now, you know, uh, this guy is not dropping. So clearly, he wasn't wearing his mask. You, you know, this guy is not dropping $3.10 every time he gets on the bus. Now, the police don't put out a description of this guy. How are we supposed, how are women supposed to be on the lookout for this creep where there isn't a description of him given? Who's been protected here? And he got, there's no question, he might have paid for the first bus, but I don't think so. He got on and off those buses at will. Yeah, I'll tell you another story. I would love. For candidate for mayor, it's from a somebody who listens to the podcast. I'd love for candidate to, to mayor to, to respond to this. Person uh, is um, entry level in the healthcare field. They're taking a bus from the suburbs uh, to come uh, towards downtown to go to work in a healthcare facility. Guy gets on the bus, doesn't pay, and within 30 seconds, this unkempt clown starts bellowing and harassing and saying things out loud and then plops himself on a half empty bus half full half empty right beside the fellow with a turban well, who would and have he's thought swearing that? at the guy and he starts poking the guy and then he knocks his turban off his head i wasn't going to talk about this this week this was this is for all you people that are candidates the election or no candidates or work on campaigns or want to vote for candidates this is the kind of shit that's going on in Winnipeg. It's like the bus drivers are isolated from the passengers and don't care uh, about the safety. Uh, uh, I'll, I'm not going to blame. I said the it's driver. like it's like. Well, but, well uh, it, clearly it, they care about the safety. They they paid the well, three dollars. The, the bus the bus the the bus hit the brakes. Okay, the bus hit the brakes. The call to the supervisors made whatever. This, this time, listener. This listener. Thank you for listening. Did, no, did, yes, thank you for listening. This this listener. Stands up. They're at the back. This is in like the back half of the bus. They stand up, and this guy starts going towards the driver. The bus are like, "Come on, man, we're going to be." Oh, I forgot to mention. This guy gets on the bus, and it's near a Dollarama, and he's carrying a box of like Kit Kats of chocolate bars. He did not buy a box of say 24 chocolate bars. He boosted it. He didn't even boost it. You can't hide it under your shirt. He walked out of Dollarama. Gets onto the bus with the box of chocolate. He was sharing those Kit Kats with everyone, right? He was like, hey, not, have a break, right? He was on. Now he's carrying his box. He's going back to the front. He's, he's swearing at the driver. Now the driver, the bus driver, he happens to also be 
an individual who wears the attire of a devout Sikh. So now the guy, you see, now he's feeling he's being picked on, right? Because the driver stopped the bus, right? Yeah. And he, he's walking forward, and this listener is following him. He turns around. He's going to try to walk back on. She extends her arms, like, you know, holds onto the rails, like, both sides. Yeah. No, this is your stop. Get off. Hmm. You're leaving. I should mention the people on the bus, the ones in the front part, had already evacuated the bus. Okay? So people run off the bus. She's stopping him from coming back on, doing any more damage to the fellow he, he assaulted. She grabs his box of chocolate bars and checks him out the door. I wonder how many people are late for work because their buses have belligerence on it. They were. And it hap- it's not infrequent. Can you imagine you're no, trying I'm to get to insane, work? Yeah. It's some jackass. Doesn't pay. Gets on the bus. I realize I'm yelling, folks. I Got realize it. I'm upset. And, 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 and This is the Marty that we like, though. The yelling. Well, maybe. Some people That's... didn't, but they can listen to something else. Good luck oh. hearing anything you want to listen to otherwise. Uh, Go listen to BBC4. So they, BBC4. They, <laughs> so they threw the box off, like off the bus. Go get there. There's Go get Oh, I don't care about that. She bullies him. Not a small person. Bullies him off the bus. Nice. Like, like literally, bullies him off the yeah. bus. Now the driver's like sort of kind of dumbfounded by this. She's like, tell these people to get back on the bus. Let's go. We're late. <laughs> Bingo. Bingo. Now this experience. So now you've got. See, that's a real Winnipeg. Young, now you have young women are provide, providing their own security for bus passengers that are the victims of what is termed in modern parlance hate crimes, racial attacks. She, and did she get any uh, Kit Kats? No, that's oh, considered an everyday experience. Should people in their, you know, their first, second, third step of their careers to, you know, live long term in Winnipeg, have family, settle down, work in an established field, contribute to the community, take care of the sick and the elderly and the infirm, and should they have to go through that to be able to get to work? No. Should they have to go through that when they just like want to go to the mall when they want to, you know, like go Party. to church when they want to go anywhere? Imagine if you had a test that day, if you had an exam for like a doctorate or something, yeah. you're taking your oh, bus, yeah. doctorate, your master's, pressure, whatever. Yeah. yeah. So this is ultimately, and you see, there's a lot of anger out there. The media isn't talking about it. They don't want to talk about it because that's a real issue. It's easier to talk about Nuit Blanche and, 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 you know, uh, however many announcements, you know, with all due respect, almost everything that Robert Falcon let has announced needs the province's cooperation as i said before and i'm more convinced than ever if you just run the campaign if you just had run run the campaign i will stand up the province of manitoba for the city of winnipeg and we can reform winnipeg you know maybe in the fake pro poll he wouldn't have fallen for like 14 percent to seven percent but maybe not like whatever somebody's got to come up with ways of dealing with this and acknowledging it the media has to also because this is what matters to people this this matters not i hate to say it not not the the a lot of this touchy feely stuff studies plans well plans are good studies are not so good studies stall things off task forces blue ribbon panels that's you know, you know the glenn glenn marie wants to form a couple of panels just, for stuff a plan at least you can put a plan and follow a plan and it'll have steps to it right just fix the roads and stop the daily carjackings of 72 year olds we can have carjackings for 65 year olds but 72 year olds you know that's the limit that's that that's 70 year old mark. Let's just stop there. 
our city is becoming a violent cesspool. I we becoming. talked about this on Kick FM back back then too. And and if you want Winnipeg to turn into Detroit, turn into Chicago, turn into Philadelphia, keep it up. Keep it up. You Marty, want the, the downtown the east side Detroit. going on. And this is not only a question of drug treatment. Drug treatment it, it cannot it, it, this is not a matter where everybody's going to run to the whether it's getting methadone or whatever other treatment that they think they require. That's not going to happen. It's not happening. And in the meantime, there is carnage. Think of how many people were traumatized. The 72-year-old, how many friends of hers are now traumatized? Her support network, traumatized. These guys that were carjacked, kidnapped, stabbed by this dame and her buddy, who from the looks of it, by the way, may or may not have been recently come into contact with the, with the authorities, clearly, from because he was out on the lam anyway, so he, he's no stranger to the inside of a cell. Wait, what? I know. I just, I just don't know what to think right now. You're saying that these are repeat offenders? Think of how many people are affected by... The, these aren't victimless crimes. And no. this, this is what has Winnipeg ill at ease. And it's one thing to talk about compassion and treat the some of these people who are engaging in these antisocial and violent behaviors as individuals who have fallen through the cracks and everything else. And undoubtedly, a lot of the criminal element has, but some people, they're just criminals. They're just violent. Whatever treatment they need to get them over that, whether it's medication, whether it's counseling, whether they're just never going to change and are going to sit in jail, listen to me carefully, the rest of their lives. That's what happens. You can't, you're not going to, you're not going to ever change the dynamic of the public, the 72-year-old ladies trying to get in their car three blocks from the St. Boniface Hospital, needing to feel safe that they are jumped, punched, mugged, have their car stolen, have their lives ruined. It's not like it's three in the morning. It's three in the afternoon. 3.45 in the afternoon. They could have been going to pick up their kids at school because there's schools around there. could have been like me going to pick up their grandchild from from childcare. Well, yeah, I guess guess that's more likely, but... Well, in this case, yeah. So, so... That's the kind of crime. That's your, there's a your crime roundup. That's the kind of stuff that's going on. That's what we think about it. Uh, and I think there's a lot of Winnipeggers whose vote is going to be, you know, not entirely. De- some I know there's people who their vote's going to be entirely determined on who's going to best deal with crime, policing, public safety. No question about it. I'm going to pick on best sign. <laughs> well, a lot of them. <laughs> there's a lot of bad signs out there. And there's a lot of really good signs out there. I got to say, but. <laughs> oh God. So anyways. Uh, so pretty. I'm is it right now, Kenny. I'm just looking at the clock. Oh, you know what? I think we're in good shape. Oh yeah. I think we're in good shape. Of- I think we covered everything we needed to cover. I, a little less organized than I prefer folks. Uh, and again, uh, uh, there was actually, did I, I, you know what? I can't even get into it. There was, there was some mayhem nearby. In the course of this move, a house near where one of these houses were moving to and from and moving stuff around, like the neighbor had a break in. And, <laughs> and they're the move? They're, no, no, no. This is like in the neighborhood, right? One of the neighbors oh, okay. that we're oh, dealing sorry, with, sorry, my sorry, family, yeah. you know? And, and so so now it's like, did they do anything to to to, to like our house, right? So yeah. We had a, so my son had a, needed to like, oh my God, he had to go and look. And, and the guy, the neighbor, the neighbor next door who keeps an eye 
keeps an eye on things. It's like it's because it's a and not like a well-traveled highway uh, that the house is on or something, not a main thoroughfare. And he got it, but good. They broke with those. The RCMP puts in the call and 10 minutes, five minutes after the boat is put into the system, a vehicle is pulled over in the interlake with the boat and all the guy's tools in the boat. Oh, uh, those tools are, I have my tools uh, stolen before. So yeah, getting your tools so, back is. So now, so. now our, our, the family, the, our family matters of you know org packing and moving is up now that's put off by a day another day because somebody has to drive out to the inner lake to, with with his neighbor who you know also lives in winnipeg right now they have to drive out so even this week had plenty hours and hours of excitement um, how's your but it did involve uh crime in winnipeg so there how's your ob uh spot oh it's oh, not it's not at all right it was it was great i enjoyed it uh i do not enjoy getting up that early in the morning but i actually sounded awake yeah, you did. Uh, it was very nice to get that kind of appreciation for the story I wrote about my uh, my inherited collection of both Queen Elizabeth's visits to Winnipeg into Canada from my grandparents <laughs> and and uh, Greg Mackling. It was I love being on the air with him. He's he is supportive of the work that we that we do and it always has been. Uh, and Brent McGarry, I've only met once or twice, and he had a couple of uh, questions, and then Laura McNabb uh, thought it would be funny, and, and she. Right at the end of the interview, and and presumably I would have hung up, or you know I was off air. Said well, because I mentioned you know I don't get up for everybody. I don't do interviews eight in the morning. And (laughs) and said well, we should get them on earlier next time. McGarry got back in. I hadn't hung up yet. Well, I heard that, and I told her go ahead. For I will do that. They're nice enough to put me on. They 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 talk in very very complimentary tones uh, terms about the J.ca about the work that we do on on uh, covering Jewish. The Jewish community in Canada and covering uh, 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 matters surrounding anti-Semitism, government accountability, and uh, the Latham Maroof affair and stuff. And uh, and I'm I'm very grateful that they uh, that they included me in their coverage uh, uh, following the Queen's uh, funeral. That's very so I think nice, very nice I think of them, and I appreciate it. Either they understand what we're doing, or they're just looking for a place to land after Global chops them off. I no well because Global's not I, I, right now. No, maybe we'll talk about that another time, but I'll, I, I'll, I could summarize Global's problems from a ma- the management perspective is this. The same day that there's headlines about them telling the feds we're going broke, they pump out a feature story. If you don't use other people's pronouns, it's a sign you're a bigot. So it, when that's your emphasis, when that's the kind of audience you're trying to attract and, and, and you wonder why people don't want to advertise with you, and why people don't want to click and why people don't want to watch and people don't want to engage with people don't trust your reporting. Well, you look no farther than just tech position. If we're going broke and this is the kind of shit you're putting out in front of the public. Yeah, well, I can't really say anything about that because I ask people to call me Spirit of Kenny and they do so. But you are spirited, Kenny. <laughs> I am spirit. I'm very spirited. Well, and I'm full yeah. of Kenny, too. Well, <laughs> I think I've heard that one before. Some variation of it. <laughs> okay, this was episode 17, which means the next episode will be uh, uh, episode 18. Uh, so, like, oh, you passed math. I could tell. What was that? You passed math. Going from 17 to 18. I, I listen. I, I did 20. all that. I did. I. You know what? Now I got to check this. I did all that advanced math on the poll. Remember, At the beginning <laughs> of the episode, I exhausted my brain dividing, dividing 600 into all these different subdivisions. I don't even know what 600 is. 600. Sounds like a food. 600 <gasps> online poll responses. Is it the sequel to 300? 
Pardon me? Yeah, well... <laughs> movie uh, 300. Where they fought everyone and maybe, they died, maybe. but... Maybe. Oh, you know what, Kenny? I'm wrong. Guess what? I was wrong at the beginning and I'm wrong at the end. This is episode 18, so you can have a beer. Oh, my word. All right. I guess I'll have a beer and watch some football. Do you drink beer, Kenny? <laughs> I mean, I've, I've, I've had it before. I've, I sample it a little bit now and then. You sample a little bit now and then. Well, you do that. I'll have a Dr. Pepper. Uh, you can email us. Uh, email me, martygoldlive at gmail.com. Uh, we're going to continue to cover the election uh, next week's show. Uh, we're looking at doing a bit of a special story, a little bit of special coverage. Um, you can find all the podcasts at wham.live. Uh, if you are inclined to donate, they'll pay the bills that uh, are accrued uh, in putting these podcasts together and uh, uh, going around talking with candidates, mayoral, civic and otherwise. Uh, we didn't talk about school trustees this week, but that'll come up again, I'm sure. Uh, such uh, support is greatly appreciated. Uh, and uh, by all means, uh, continue to pay attention to what's going on in this election. Continue to focus on the things that are important uh, and that will turn this city around. Uh, and uh, and if you have questions, ask them. Ask the candidates and, and see what kind of answers you get and then make an informed decision. And absolutely, you know, the worst thing is, if this election has a turnout of like 37, 38, 42, 44%, because then the mayor will just not have any credit, really, really, they won't have much credibility because then you break down, you know, with their piece of the action, they end up with a mayor who's supported like one in 20 people, you know, or one, not no one in 20, probably meant 20%. Uh, you know, it's one in 15, you know, 15% or something. It's it's not healthy. We need more people voting is the point. We need more informed voters, higher IQ voters. Uh, it's, and we're just trying to make sure people have a sense of what's going on out there. We have our opinions. You can form your own. You already have. You already will. Uh, but um, uh, by contributing the information that's out there, we're trying to do our part to, uh, to make Winnipeg a better place. That's ultimately what it's about. And uh, of course, you know, it's not like you're going to hear stuff like this on Winnipeg Radio or out of the newsrooms. That's not their job anymore, so I guess it's our job. Could you imagine if you'd heard this on the radio? <laughs> you'd be like, what is this? Like, this doesn't make any sense. These people are laughing, having a good time, talking about current issues. If I listen, if, at all. if I'm right, if I, my math was my high school math was right, and ultimately the total number of people that were firm, committed, died in the wool, Glenmurray voters out of that poll, poll was 50 or 52 uh. or 53 people. If I'm right and the media did not report on that poll in those terms and make that clear to voters, then we see that clearly the newsrooms have, jumped, have clearly jumped the shark and whatever they're up to is more focused on things other than providing meaningful information to voters to make an informed choice for, for mayor and for council. There is no newsroom anymore. I Well... And there should be then there needs to be an independent newsroom. But that's that's it's just a different discussion that needs a lot of resources. But I wouldn't argue against it. Would it be, listen, when I was a kid, CKRC had a news director, CKY Radio had a news director. Charles Adler was a news director at CKY, as a matter of fact, when he first oh, came really? to Winnipeg. Yeah, he read the morning. Charles Adler with your 8 a.m. morning news. <laughs> Law, he didn't even know there was a big guy with hot sauce. Back and he's there. like, oh, oh, I'm, an Emmy a... award I'm an Emmy Award winning broadcaster from Boston. He, he, but he always talked about his um, Hungarian heritage. Yes, sure. So. Well, all the newsrooms, the point is all the newsrooms had, had they had reporters and news directors. CKRC had a newsroom, like three reporters, four reporters. And now there's none on radio and they don't even a lot of time for anybody to talk about stuff. 
They just there's let no people Google Winnipeg. There's no proper open line radio. No. And this, oh. this is, and the CRTC renews the licenses. They let them get away with it. And the, and the community radio is controlled in a way where they, where they do not want discussions of politics because they're worried that, uh, that they're going to displease their funders. Well, yeah. you know what? A healthy democracy requires vigorous discussion of valid points and 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 uh, and challenging the media as well as the people seeking to hold elected office. It's not. And when they do something there. stupid, we need to laugh at them. Well, that's also true. A good laugh can the good laugh can go a long way. Ah, uh, yeah, hundred percent. It can go around the world. It can cure cancer. We hope so. Laughter is the best medicine. They used to say. That's right. Because they're too cheap to buy real medicine. <sighs> too expensive for some people. Okay, that's enough. That's it from us. Thank you for listening. And remember, as always, you have the power. Thanks for listening to The Great Canadian Talk Show. If you want to email Marty, send it to tgcts1 at gmail.com. Or follow him on Twitter at tgcts. <laughs>